Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from a warm and sunny Helena, Montana. I tell you what, we can't complain. There's still snow falling up in the mountains and uh, plenty of warm temperatures for us this time of year. Hey, if you want to catch all of my content uh, online, you can be sure to go to agricultureproud.com or you can find me everywhere else on social media as agproudryan. And you especially want to follow up this week as I tackle my first half marathon race, the Snow Joke Half Marathon in Sealy Lake, Montana, and uh, hoping it gets off to a good year. I've been running quite a bit, um, over 100, 100 miles so far in February and uh, look to be doing pretty good. So you can follow me there and follow the team beef activities as I go throughout the year. Running should be pretty good. Well, on this week's podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about antibiotics and food. Now, this is a, uh, a hot topic for both consumers and agricultural producers. Uh, as we move into 2016, some changes are coming by the end of the year and how we are able to use antibiotics. And there's been a lot of questions, a lot of people complaining that the government overreach in this situation, telling us how we should use these things. And, and I'd want to challenge that and say that this is a good move. Uh, and being able to measure our use of antibiotics and being able to to continue the conversation about how we are good stewards of these these products. So on the consumer side, you know, folks are worried about are antibiotics in my food? Is my food safe? Um, are, are there antibiotics in my meat? Um, are antibiotics leaching into the soil or other parts of the food system and creating antibiotic resistant bacteria? And on the agricultural producer side, farmers and ranchers are are worried about being able to retain the use of these valuable tools and antibiotics and being able to keep animals healthy by treating sick animals and, and being sure that they're good to go. Um, and, and all of this stems from changes in 2014 and 15 to the FDA guidelines, uh, guidances 209 and 213, and how antibiotics are being able to use looking at, are these important to human medicine? And been in talking with the CDC on some of those things and uh, how are we able to use these for uh, growth promotion and which actually that label is being removed um, from all antibiotics and especially we're looking at veterinary feed directives today or VFDs and um, sp specifically feed grade antibiotics. Well, I had the opportunity recently actually last fall to sit down with Dr. Bruce Hoffman from Alenco Animal Health uh, for a lengthy discussion regarding these VFDs. He explained the changes and requirements in more detail and what we need to know before the new rules are in place by the end of 2016. Uh, Dr. Hoffman explained key points in the changes coming with veterinary feed directives, including the importance of involving veterinarians and nutritionists in our management decisions on the farm and the ranch and abiding by label uses for antibiotics, which is pretty important. Then Dr. Hoffman and I also talk about ensuring customers that we're being good stewards of our resources in these conversations about antibiotics use in livestock. So on today's podcast, I'll sit down with Dr. Hoffman and have a portion of that conversation for you, as well as some information about what Elanco Animal Health is doing to bring greater awareness to the importance of protein and providing healthy food for hungry amongst us around the world uh, with a growing population, and how are we going to continue to feed those folks. So we'll take a look at their Feed the Nine uh, campaign, and uh, you can also find more information about that at sensibletable.com. Um, so without further ado, here's a conversation between myself and Dr. Bruce Hoffman of Lenko Animal Health. I hope you enjoy and stick around later for some show notes at the end. Uh, 
I'm here with Dr. Bruce Hoffman, the Lanco, and we've been talking about antibiotics today. Antibiotics have definitely been a big topic for consumers involved in the beef conversation and at large with the Lanco and, and trying to be involved in some of these food conversations. When we're talking to ranchers here in Montana, what are some of the things that we wanted to know about the changing landscape of antibiotics use and, and the regulation that goes about that? Thanks, Ryan, for the opportunity to talk about this. Obviously, the consumers are concerned about antibiotics. Uh, we monitor social media through Elanco on a regular basis, and, and we do see that although they're concerned, it's not top of mind. And so some of the things that uh, the consumers ask is, how are we using antibiotics? Uh, recent legislation that has created uh, a veterinary feed directive is, is kind of where we're at in the cattle industry as far as that uh, directive will be in place that says veterinarians need to be engaged in monitoring antibiotics with producers. One of the discussions we've had over the past couple of years has been veterinary feed directives and changes in rules with FDA. At this point we know that the rules will not be implemented until at least late 2016 or later but Correct. the feed companies are working on changing their labels by that time period. What can we let ranchers know about the changes with VFDs and what we'll see with those? The big thing is veterinary feed directive involves only feed and water grade antibiotics. So this is not injectable products. This is just the products that you're gonna put in your feed. Specifically, mostly the tetracyclines, macrolides, our product would be the Thailand product, Pomatil product. Those basically are products that you will now have to have a veterinarian that will sign a form called a veterinary feed directive that says this feed is in accordance with how it's administered on the label at the proper dosage for the proper cattle and for the proper time. So what we're encouraging people is, is actually this is a positive aspect that we can portray to consumers that we are concerned about antibiotics and how they're used and we're allowing veterinarians to engage in that. What I'd say with ranchers is that we need to first look at what products we're using. What products are we currently putting in the feed and talk to your veterinarians about those products and how you're currently using them. And also with your nutritionists, obviously, because they're the ones that have probably been working with you on your operation to date. Start those discussions as far as how uh, you're using them, why you're using them, and what you will do to meet the guidelines associated with the Veterinary Feed Directive. One of the biggest positives that may come out of this is building better relationships between our work with our veterinarians and our nutritionists. How may that relationship kind of benefit some of our beef producers in getting a better understanding of those interactions and how we're utilizing those antibiotics? Communication is always critical, right? Just better communication with nutritionists, veterinarians, and producers I think is always going to be positive. Everybody knows kind of what the other hand's doing, right? And so I think that discussion is positive. You know, right now we have not lost any products. So that's important. We haven't lost any feed grade products. Uh, all the companies that have these feed grade products have voluntarily agreed to implement this. And the one thing that will come off the label is we will not be able to use these products for performance only. Products that were labeled for improvement and gain, those type labels will come off. We will be able to use those though for control, for treatment, and for prevention of diseases that we'd face in the cattle industry, which is excellent for us because basically it still allows us to use these products in an appropriate way. The other thing, uh, Ryan, that's important I think is that this affects only what we call shared class antibiotics, okay? So shared class antibiotics that are primarily in the cattle industry are primarily going to be the macrolides uh, and the tetracyclines that we use in cattle production. 
products that we call ionophores are classified as animal only antibiotics and those products will not be affected by this. We will be able to use those products in the way that we've always used them for disease state and for growth and performance. In my opinion, Ryan, these are, these are extremely positive things that affects us. It's just we need to start the dialogue as far as how we enter into this because you're right, the key is uh, it will take place the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. So we have some time to, to talk through these issues. One of the aspects to this has been part of this conversation is driven by consumer concerns about what's in their food supply and what's being used to grow that food. And so we as beef producers aren't always as aware right. um, or in tune with consumer perceptions and why those perceptions necessarily exist. Part of this is going to be definitely that we have better record keeping systems and abiding by better work and relationships with our nutritionists and our veterinarians and being able to verify that we are using these antibiotics and these tools and this technologies with our feed supplies as being better stewards. I think the consumer sees, you know, that over 90% of the antibiotics, the tons of antibiotics sold in the animal agriculture is fall under OTC or, or over the counter. And so the consumer looks at that and says, well, gosh, there's no veterinarian involved in that. And so I think it's just, it's a perception. And I think we as an industry, getting the veterinary profession involved in that uh, is a good thing for the consumer because they trust veterinarians and they see that, yes, that veterinary oversight is important because when we go to the doctor, Ryan, we have to have a prescription. We have to have a, a, some doctor give us permission to get those products, right? And so I think the consumer expects us in the cattle industry to have some similar type oversight. Uh, although that can be frustrating because it's, 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 it's different what we've always done, it's still important and it's important that we address those consumer concerns because obviously they're the ones eating our, our product that we're producing uh, every day. If you were to summarize kind of the message on the changing landscape and antibiotics and how we can utilize this as a focusing on the positive moves in these efforts. The, the big thing is uh, learning more about antibiotic messaging. How are we talking to the consumer about the antibiotics we do use. And I, I think the big thing is start the dialogue with your veterinarian, with your nutritionist. Understand where you utilize feed grade products and water products on your operation. Understand uh, the importance of them. Make sure they continue to be important, how you can continue to use them, and have the right messaging also to, to the consumer as far as us collectively as a cattle industry saying that we're serious about this, we're addressing it, we are wanting to do the right thing. But we also want to keep antibiotics. You know, I, I want to fight for the use of antibiotics because my job as a veterinarian is to, is to keep animals healthy, right? And just like humans, we, we need antibiotics to keep our animals healthy. But we need to use them appropriately, judiciously, and, and we need to get that message back to the consumer. And I think we're at an interesting point in, in time. They're, they're watching how we react to this, Ryan. The other thing I've learned that since we have a product that's already under VFD, I've learned that it's not difficult to comply. It's not difficult to institute these. There's definitely steps we can do, but it's not difficult. There's plenty of people out there that will work with you as a rancher to make this happen. So let's make this a positive aspect and, and continue to be able to use antibiotics. Alenco has some neat programs on a larger global scale. Definitely drawing awareness of hunger and being able to produce enough food for a growing food supply. And one of those campaigns is the Enough campaign. and goes along with the social media hashtag of Feed the Nine. Can you give us a little bit of a brief introduction to that program and where we can find more information on it? Thanks, Ryan. The, the big thing on Feed the Nine is we've been hearing as far as how do we meet 
the protein needs of the world in 2050. And actually it's sooner than that, 2020, when we have the middle class that is growing so rapidly and we need so much more protein and they have the money to pay for protein, right? And so if you don't get excited as a cattle industry about the opportunity we have to meet protein demands, I mean, I, I get pretty excited about that. And this program basically supports technology and sees that in order to meet this protein demand, um, and this is for dairy, poultry, and also beef component, that we need technology, okay? We need technology um, to meet this so that we do not continue to just grow animals and have a, a negative impact on our environment, because we are concerned about that as an industry. This message to consumers is that we as a cattle industry can do this using technology, meet these demands, and also reduce the impact globally on the environment. I would encourage anybody listening to get on Feed the Nine on Twitter. You know, I, I've even gotten on that deal, and uh, you can treat an old veterinarian uh, or, or teach him new tricks, right? So. I've talked with Claudia Garcia, and they're with the Lanco Sum, and it's amazing the impact that small improvements in nutrition will have on some people around the world. Um, just the power of impact of, of one glass of milk or one egg right. can have such a huge and positive impact on folks who are uh, in areas of the world that are undernourished and don't have access to that food. We did some work, and they're actually repeating some of that work as far as test scores associated with having the right amounts of protein. And it is, it's, it's extremely positive as far as the amount of protein and, and what that does to improving kids' ability to learn and be educated. You know, just on the beast side, one thing is it only takes a half a glass of milk per cow in the world to reach the goals. On the beast side, we actually have just finished a project as far as looking that we can meet this demand with technology with the current number of cows that we have in the world today. And when you look at that and just the efficiency, the technology that's involved in that, I'm excited to teach producers that. Uh, this is something we need to share this with consumers because obviously the consumers need to know that we're engaged in this, right? We, we want to make a difference. We want to meet the protein demand, but we want to do it in a way that has a positive impact on the environment and obviously promoting health and well-being of animals and health of people. And that goes back around to our topic of antibiotics today, making sure we're using them appropriately when they need to be used and being sure that we're good stewards of those technologies and those tools that we have in our toolbox. I agree, Ryan, and, and uh, yeah, the antibiotic issue is, is part of the technology that we're going to continue to use, but we always need to use them appropriately. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Bruce Hoffman of Alenco, and I want to thank Dr. Hoffman for uh, volunteering his time when I uh, had that conversation with him, and thanks to uh, Montana Stock Growers Association when I... Uh, was able to do that interview when I was with them last year. Uh, to cover a few of the highlights that Dr. Hoffman uh, emphasized with these veterinary feed directives, and then I've got some resources where you can learn more about them. Um, it's not difficult to comply with these veterinary feed directives. The rules are out there. You can go to the FDA website and look at these guidance uh, 209 and 213 changes and see see what's going to be required. Um, and, and it's affecting shared class antibiotics, as Dr. Hoffman said, and I think that that's really important. So don't get scared that we're going to be changing all of our antibiotic you know rules and regulations with all of this, but there are certain things that will be out there, and we will still retain the use and the ability to use antibiotics to control, treat, and prevent diseases in our livestock. So don't be afraid that they're all going to be taken away. Um, I think one of the big things out here is, is that, one, it's going to build better relationships between our nutritionists, our veterinarians, and our, and our cattle and livestock producers. I think that that's really important to, to pay attention to and, and something that we can capitalize upon to show that, yes, we are being good stewards of these resources and these tools in our toolboxes and that we should, uh, we should take advantage of that 
uh, relationship building with our large animal veterinarians and, and to help them to be successful uh, in helping us uh, grow safe food. And then um, I think it's important for each of us involved in agriculture to be more familiar with and learn more about antibiotic messaging and to learn about the consumer concerns and what questions that they're asking about those things. And so I do have a really good resource uh, to share with you. If you go to feedstuffs.com VFD, Alenco has teamed up with Feedstuffs uh, to provide VFD Central and that's all kinds of updates on everything that's veterinary feed directive as as this thing is implemented at the end of the year and begins at the beginning of 2017 and, and you can learn more about it but I think there's four points that, that uh, is pointed out about this VFD implementation that are really important. Uh, one uh, is that uh, this for producers this will strengthen relationships with your veterinarian and feed supplier and, and we need to enlist their help as we review uh, our operations current health protocols. And two, we need to evaluate the various rations and feeds in our operations and identify the ones that include the shared class antibiotics that will be affected with these VFD rules and be prepared to get those feed directives uh, signed and authorized by the veterinarians and get those to our nutritionists or our feed mills. And we need to work with our veterinarian and our feed supplier to update uh, our standard operating procedures for antibiotics use and take a look and say, hey, this is our appropriate and, and good stewardship practices for use of antibiotics on our operations. And we need to review those SOPs at regular intervals and, uh, and ensure that the health protocols remain up to date and effective for our operations and with the tools that we have available to us. So you can uh, catch all these notes and more show notes at agricultureproud.com. Uh, click on the podcast tab and you can catch uh, the show notes from this episode as well as all the past episodes for Agriculture Proud. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this and let me know if you have any other uh, questions or suggestions. Catch up with me on Twitter uh, as AgProudRyan and shoot me a message there. Or you can find me on Facebook. Look up the I Am Agriculture Proud group and page and join the conversation. As always, you can catch me and all my content at agricultureproud.com.